What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Today, I'm going to be going over the Bills' 24-21 victory over the New England Patriots. Then, I'm going to be going through a mid-season review for the Bills as we are now eight games in. And then, I'll be talking about why Jack Eichel has a legitimate chance to win the MVP Hart Trophy this year. Starting off with the Buffalo Bills, they secured... A 24-21 victory yesterday to improve to a 6-2 overall record, defeating the New England Patriots. Um, A very back-and-forth game, a little bit boring and sloppy at the same time. Had some really fun moments in it. Uh, Josh Allen on the day, 11-18 of for 154. No touchdowns, one interception where him and Stephon Diggs had a little bit of a miscommunication. Allen also did have 10 carries for 23 yards and a rushing touchdown. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss finally got the Bills run game going as they combined for 167 yards and two touchdowns. Moss getting both of those touchdowns. Um, Stephon Diggs, another impressive game. Six catches on nine targets for 92 yards. No other Bills receiver or tight end got more than two targets. That was a little bit interesting. Um, Bills defensive-wise, Jordan Poyer had an outstanding game. 11 tackles, Justin Zimmer forced fumble to win the game on Cam Newton and Dean Marlowe with the recovery. Um, You know, just a very interesting game because Josh didn't have the best game passing the ball, but he only threw it 18 times and completed 11 of those. Um, A few drops and a few miscommunications with Diggs. Um, you could still tell they're working out that chemistry, even though we're eight games in. It still does take that time, um, but he was still pretty efficient. Um, the big thing for me, like I've already mentioned, is no other receiver outside of Diggs got more than two targets. Um, if this offense wants to get back to where it was these first four games of the year, when they were kind of clicking at all cylinders, they have to get John Brown and Cole Beasley the ball a lot more. Um, the tight ends outside of Croft having that one big game versus the Rams, um, they haven't really seen a lot. Dawson Knox has been hurt. Um, there's a lot of weird, you know, just things that happened in this game. You know, the Bills defense looked good at points. They kind of limited Cam Newton through the air. Um, but when he did pass the ball, there were guys like Jacoby Myers and uh, Demir Bird getting open, which was a little concerning because those are, you know, really second and third caliber wide receivers. In the NFL, they pretty much stayed away from Tredavious White the entire game. Um, the bad part for the Bills, they still allowed 188 rushing yards, which is terrible. Um, they allowed 5 out of 10 for the Patriots on third down conversions. Like I said before, the pass offense just hasn't been getting going. I really thought with John Brown coming back, um, the offense was going to explode a little bit more. Um, Stephon Gilmore didn't play either. That was another reason why I thought they were going to be able to take advantage of that. However, they did get the ball going on the ground for 167 yards, like I mentioned. So, at the same time, it kind of just worked out that way where Josh should have to throw the ball a ton. Um, Gabe Davis had a huge drop. You know, 
New England was driving down the field to potentially tie or win the game before Zimmer got that fumble. But right before that, Gabe Davis dropped a beautifully uh, thrown ball by Allen right through his hands in the end zone, which would have put the Bills up by seven, assuming they made the extra point. Um, luckily, the defense was able to come through. Uh, Micah Hyde did not play because he had a concussion. Mitch Morse left the game early with a concussion as well. Um, definitely a grinded out game. Um, you know, they beat the Patriots. I talked about how this was pretty much the Bills Super Bowl almost type for the uh, season this year just because until you beat the Patriots, you can't make any claim that you're the best team in the AFC East. You know, maybe it wasn't the prettiest game overall, but a win's a win. Um, they beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots at home for the first time since Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bills beat them uh, all the way back, I believe, in 2011. So just a very good win for the Bills. Um, hopefully they can go on the road and do it later in the year. Um, I don't think they've won in Foxborough since Tyrod Taylor um, and LaShawn McCoy helped them beat a Jacoby Brissett-led um, Patriots team. So we'll have to see overall. Like I said, wins are wins. They're 6-2. and two. Um, So a good start to the season definitely for Buffalo. There are still a lot of things to be concerned about. Um, just going over the midseason review now. So we're midway through the year, eight games. I think if you asked any Bills fan, they'd sign up to start the season 6-2. and two. Um, They would surely be running out the door, finding a way to get a pen and signing that paper. Um, they're 4-0 in the division, which is great because unless the Patriots you know, run the table and win their next four division games, uh, you pretty much have the division locked up as from a you know record standpoint there. Um, they could still lose the division based on just overall games, but from a division win perspective, um, the Bills pretty much have that well in hand. They do have two quality wins versus the Rams and the Raiders. Definitely something to be happy with. They finally beat the Patriots, as I just mentioned. Um, Josh Allen's been very good all year. He had an MVP-type start to the season in the first four games. Last four, he hasn't been great. Um, you know, the Titans game, I actually thought he played pretty well, um, despite the circumstances. Kansas City, I didn't think he looked very good. Um, he actually had a very good game against the Jets, even though they couldn't get any touchdowns on the board. It was kind of another one of those division grinded out games. But overall, he was very efficient in the air. Um, they had a few red zone penalties that cost them touchdowns uh, to get called back. And then yesterday, it was just kind of the flow of the game. Like I said, Gabe Davis dropped that touchdown. So he's definitely fallen off a little bit over the past two, three games. But he's still playing at a very high level. Um, definitely, I think, top 10 right now in the NFL for sure. Um, defense just looks lost still, though. Um, they have points during the game where they flash moments of greatness like they've had in the past few years where Jerry Hughes flies off the edge and makes a big play. Milano Edmonds are in sync and make a big tackle for a loss. Um, Poyer comes up and gets a couple nice QB rushes, a um, couple nice pass breakups. But overall, I just think health-wise, the Bills defense isn't there. It's reported that we might be signing Darren Lee and Darrell Worthy. Um, I still think the Bills need to go out and make some moves. Um, and this is a very important time for Brandon Bean. Tomorrow is the trade deadline. And I think it's, you know, very important that the Bills go out and add some defensive help. I think the offense is going to be fine. Um, Feliciano being back was definitely a great sign. You could tell how much that improved the run game. I think the offense, now that John Brown's fully healthy, 
is going to get going now. Like I said, I think it was just the way the game turned out. They were going to run the ball a ton. But defensively, they're still not getting enough pass rush. They're still allowing way too many run yards. Um, Edmonds and Milano are both really banged up. A.J. Klein is awful. Um, you know, Travis White's been okay this year. I think he still has another level he needs to get to. Hyde and Poyer, I still think, have been pretty solid all year. That second cornerback spot's been very tricky. Levi Wallace and Josh Norman have both had okay games during the year, but then they've had some really bad ones. Uh, Teron Johnson's been getting eaten up in the slot, and we thought maybe Cam Lewis was going to step into that, but he just got put on IR with a wrist injury. Um, I think the, lot, the biggest thing for Bills fans that's very frustrating is right before I record, I'm recording this right now, um, this Monday afternoon, the Titans went out and acquired Desmond King from the Chargers for a six-round pick. Uh, the Saints went out and got Kawan Alexander from the 49ers. Uh, for a conditional fifth-round pick in Kiko Alonso. It's just trades like that where you know Buffalo has the assets to get guys like that, and they would definitely help their team. Um, so it's definitely frustrating not getting guys in when you could tell the defense is struggling. And to me, you look at a team like the Steelers go out at Avery Williamson. You look at a team like the Ravens adding Yannick and Gakwe. Now the Titans add King. The Chiefs are obviously the class act of the NFL and the Bills are kind of standing still. And yeah, they're 6-2 and two and that's great and whatnot. But you have to go out and make improvements to this defense and to this team. If you think this team's just miraculously going to get better and you know just turn into a juggernaut, I think you're mistaken. And I do have confidence in Brandon B. And we're going to wait till tomorrow um, to see if he makes any big moves. But um, it's definitely a little bit concerning. I think the Bills are getting a little too conservative. Kind of just thinking, you know what? It's not pretty, but we're winning games, and that's just the team we are. But at the same time, when it comes um, these next five, six games, you're going to have to get some better players in here because, you know, Milano has only been playing 15 to 20 snaps past two games. I don't know if they're trying to just work him into a, you know, limited role to get him back to full health or if he's still truly, truly hurt. Um, Edmonds definitely still looks banged up. Like I said, AJ Klein's just awful. Um, the defensive line just so sporadic, but this next five games is a gauntlet for the Bills. You you're coming home next week against Seattle, um, very great team. Russell Wilson's an MVP this season. DK Metcalf just went off against the 49ers, so Tre'Davious White's gonna have his hands full. It's not gonna be Demir Bird. It's not gonna be Jacoby Myers. You're dealing with Tyler Lockett. You're dealing with DK Metcalf. You're dealing with Russell Wilson. You're not dealing with Cam Newton. You know, the Seattle defense has been pretty bad all year, but they were really good yesterday. Bobby Wagner's the best linebacker in the NFL. Um, then after Seattle, you go and play on the road at Arizona. Very good team. High-powered offense. Um, then you have a bye week. Come home, play a scrappy Chargers team who, you know, they keep finding ways to lose games, but it's definitely not a team you could take lightly. Then you have back-to-back primetime games against the 49ers on the road and then at home against the Steelers. Those are five really tough games that the Bills, the way they've been playing, they could go 0-5. Um, I don't think they will. To me, you have to go at least 3-2 and in that stretch so that you would at least be 9-4. and But um, there's definitely a lot of things to be concerned about. I think, like I said, I'm not too worried about the offense. Um, I think it will eventually get going again. I think Josh is starting to get that rhythm a little bit back. 
Um, Diggs has still been really good. I think if they can continue to get the ground game going, um, the offense is only going to continue to get better. Uh, injuries are definitely still a concern, like I said, with Edmonds and Milano, Josh Norman, Levi Wallace. Now Mitch Morse is hurt. Cody Ford's been hurt. Um, John Brown's finally back. Dawson Knox's been hurt. So they definitely have to bring some more guys in. We'll see what Brandon Bean does over these next few days or so. But um, overall, I think the Bills have had a good start to the year, 6-2. and two, Nothing to uh, shake your head about. They have to start playing better against these elite teams. You know, they kind of got blown out by the Titans and Kansas City, even though the score or the score um, in the Kansas City game wouldn't indicate that. Um, they were outplayed the entire game. Uh, so it'll definitely be good to see the Bills finally get some really strong competition for the next five weeks just to see how truly prepared they are because right now, realistically, they are looking very good for a playoff spot. Um, I think if they win another three or four games, they'll definitely get secured into that uh, and they have a really good chance at you know winning the division and hosting a playoff game, which would be awesome. Hopefully we get some fans in the stands. We'll see what Como and the government decides to do there in New York. But um, until then, just continue doing what they're doing. Try to bring in some more players and work each and every day to get better. But 6-2 and two is definitely something to be uh, proud of if you're a Bills fan. And then moving on to the final topic for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about Jack Eichel and why he has a legitimate shot this year at winning a Hart Trophy and being the league MVP. Um, so just starting off, if you look over the past few seasons, Jack Eichel has clearly taken that next step in being the NHL elite player. Um, I think he's widely considered a top 10 player by his not only his peers on and off the ice, but amongst you know the media, coaches, um, you know ownership whoever you want to describe in the hockey world. And you start off from his 15-16 rookie year, 56 points, 16-17, 57 points, but he only played 61 games because he had injury to the ankle. 17-18, only 67 games, had 64 points. And then last uh, two years ago, 18-19 season, blew up for 82 points in 77 games. And then this past season, 1920, he had 78 points through 68 games because of obviously COVID and everything. Um, with the NHL projections, he was projected to finish at 92 points. Um, so Jack Eichel has increased his point total every single year, whether it's small margin or by almost 20 points when he made that jump from 17-18 to 18-19. Um, Mark Scheifele wrote an article in the Players' Tribune talking about last year how he thought Jack Eichel was the MVP of the league because of the impact he had on his team. Regardless of the wins and loss, he had the biggest impact overall. And if it wasn't for Jack, the Sabres wouldn't even be relevant. Let's be completely realistic here. Um, and look at what Jack has played with throughout his entire career. You start off when he's younger. He has a Vander Kane and a young Sam Reinhart. Um, you know, Kane eventually gets traded. Same thing with Ryan O'Reilly gets traded. You know, they didn't really ever play together, but, you know, the team's making a change. So then he moves to playing with Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhart. He, Skinner has a career year. Chemistry is good. And then, you know, Olofsson comes onto the scene for Buffalo last year, and it's Olofsson, Reinhart, and Eichel. Um, looking at those three players specifically, so Jeff Skinner had his career high in all of his years playing 
his 63 points with Buffalo, including a 40-goal season in which he played with Jack Eichel. Then you have Evander Kane. Evander Kane's career high in points is 57 in the 2011-12 season with Winnipeg. He never totaled more than 43 points um, in his career with Buffalo, but when he played with Eichel and Reinhardt, he enjoyed success. You look at Sam Reinhardt, he's pretty much played with Jack most of his career. Career high in points with 65 and 18-19 with Jack. Probably would have eclipsed that this year if they finished the full season. And then with Olofsson on his wing this year as well, scores 20 goals and has 22 assists. Probably would have even come closer to 30 had he played the whole season if he hadn't gotten hurt. So you're looking at all these players. You're looking at guys that at most have capped off at 65 points as a career high between those three guys, and that's Sam Reinhart, who is still here. He just signed a one-year deal, which I talked about last week. Now you bring in Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall is a guy that a few short seasons ago won a Hart Trophy in 17-18, having 39 goals, 54 points, or 54 assists for 93 points. Excuse me. He's had 60 plus points three times. He's had seven seasons of 50 plus points. So now you're talking about a guy in Jack Eichel who has proven to get the most out of whoever he's playing with. Whether that's Jeff Skinner, whether that's Evander Kane, whether that's Sam Reinhart, Marcus Foligno, Victor Olipson, Brian Gianta, whoever he's ever played with. He has gotten production out of the players he has played with. Now you put him on a line with a former Hart winner who's had a little bit of some injury issues. But his best, one of his best seasons came under Ralph Kruger in Edmonton. He's only a few short seasons removed from that MVP campaign. You add that with the combination of either a Reinhardt, who's coming off two career years playing next to Eichel now that you know they've played together for four or five years, or a Victor Olofsson, who's a sniper, who's capable of putting up 30 to 40 goals in a given season playing with Jack Eichel. If Jack Eichel continues this point directory and continues to go up in points year after year after year, if he goes over that 100-point mark next year and he gets the Sabres over the hump and into the playoffs, which they have the longest playoff drought in the NHL, to me, there is no way that Jack Eichel cannot be in the Hart Trophy conversation. You could still argue that Austin Matthews is better. You could argue that Connor McDavid's better. You could argue Ovechkin, Kucherov, Brainpoint, whoever you want to say, Pasternak to that extent to McKinnon. They have never had as much trouble as Jack has had. Look at how many coaches. Look at how many GMs. How many line combinations. You go look at some of these guys. You look at the Connor McDavid's. He's played with the dry sidles. You look at Patrick Kane, who's played with Jonathan Tabes and other guys earlier in his career. You go and look at Pasternak, who's played with Marchand, you know, who's played with Krejci, who's played with these other guys, Bergeron. You go look at McKinnon, who has Rantanen, who has Landeskog. He has all these players around him that Buffalo's never had. Jack's never had that. Are Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhart top six forwards? Yes, absolutely. They could go other places and be top six guys, but they're not nearly the elite skill level of some of these other MVP candidates have had. 
But Jack's got one now. Jack's got Taylor Hall. And adding a guy like Olsen or Reinhardt on that other side of those two, I think it could be super great for the Sabres and for Eichel. And he has a legitimate shot at getting 100 to 110 points this year if all things go well. And like I said, he's been in that conversation of a top 10, even top 5 player at times. I'd argue he's better than Austin Matthews. I'd argue he's better than a guy like Brad Marchand. You know, outside of probably McDavid, you know, McKinnon, Pasternak, and probably Kucherov, Eichel's right there. Um, And to me, if he's able to just continue going up, continue to increase in points, continue to show he's a good leader, and get the Sabres over that hump when still, clearly even though they added Hall and Eric Stahl and some other guys, they're still one of the weaker teams in their conference. If he can carry them into a 6-8 through eight playoff spot, there's no denying that Jack Eichel can be a Hart Trophy winner. Um, and I think he has all the capabilities in the world to do so. And I'm super excited to see if he's going to be able to prove that this year. Um, and I think it's definitely something that everyone around the league is going to take notice of. But that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. I will be back again on Friday with another episode. Like I said before, please give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. If you like any of my merchandise, you can send me an email or DM. Um, if you want to purchase any of the shirts, are very reasonably priced, uh, anywhere from $18 to $24. Um, really not a bad deal. I'll get it to you as soon as possible. But thank you guys for always showing me support. Um, I greatly appreciate it, and I'm hoping to get some more live guests coming on soon still working some things out um it's been a weird time of the year because a lot of the sports seasons are ending so just starting to get back into the interview process of getting some people on so hopefully have one in a couple of weeks for you guys um but hope everyone stays safe and healthy it's been english encore podcast buffalo's favorite sports channel